All right, we are back with another episode of Barbie Does Dating. I am your host, Miss Barbie Berg. We have our producer, Nick Galetti. Hello. And we have the man, the myth, the legend, Steve Solberg. I, I have to burp. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Why did that start right then? That was I, funny to look over and I could see his like face. <laughs> pulling my chin under all weird. What's wrong with me? I look over and I'm like, yep, Steve's got a burp just as I'm saying that. <laughs> yeah. We avoided it, but we discussed it, which is worse. I do I do love because Steve is a very attractive guy. And so when people find out that I'm pretty good friends with Steve, they're always like, oh my gosh, he is so handsome and he is so charming. No. And people are always like... <laughs> Why are the the question is always why aren't you two dating? And I'm like, we are about as much like siblings as I think you could get. I'm like the dude burps in front of me, like it's just not a romantic situation. Sorry about that. Any way, shape, or form. Not that it's bad, but yeah. I can look at Steve and be like, Steve is so handsome and oh, he is so nice wonderful. That's that and I feel so. And now it's recorded. I know and he'll too just much play it on road. <laughs> bodily functions <laughs> but i just laugh because that is the number one question that i get asked is like are you and steve dating i'm like no <laughs> and i don't mean that like why would i date that loser it's just like if you guys ever hung out mm. while we were in our like my living room with my roommates you would be like yeah oh yeah they're they're basically siblings oh right they yeah, discussed we... belly button lint more than i expected <laughs> That's funny because last night Steve came over with um, our friend Kristen and then Kim was there, my roommate, and we're sitting there and we're used to all being together where we kind of all three of us get on our phones and we're in the same room together and then we'll occasionally talk about funny things and then we go back to our phones. We just like to be in each other's presence. And Kristen had not experienced this before and at one point we look up and she's just staring at all of us like, what the crap is wrong with you guys? Talk to each other and we're like... Oh, you don't know our weird dynamic. <laughs> like, right. We our brains all work the same way. Um, anyways, okay. <laughs> so first, an announcement. Barbie is dating again. <gasps> Already? Oh, wow. I am dating again. Kristen gave me the okay. It's not that she gave me the okay, it was the next step. So re mm. we redid my dating profile. Nice. I have been chatting with guys online. I had a date on Saturday night. Nice. And it was so funny. He's all, I better get a shout out on the podcast. So wow. shout out to Andrew for oh. a fantastic date. Really? It was super fun. Are you cuffed? No, I am not cuffed. Okay. <laughs> I'm not cuffed. That's even okay. though it is Maybe. cuffing season. Okay. Just it's checking. been one date. I mean, I'm assuming we'll be engaged yeah, by the next date. Yeah, I was gonna say it's you got a month till you're engaged. I so. did kind of mention to him, I'm like, I have a dress. Like we could <laughs> no. Um I do not actually have my wedding dress. But well, is there a date number two on the horizon? We have talked about it, yes. Okay. So we did, he's out of town for work right now, but um what was the date? Do we get to hear any it, of the specifics? So that's the thing is it's like, it's not like we went and did this and we did this. We went to P.F. Chang's, which is one of my favorite restaurants. And we ended up talking for three hours until it was- In the restaurant? In the restaurant. And wow. then all of a sudden we both looked around and we're like, oh crap, they are closed. There are three people in this restaurant. And so we were like, we better hey, go. That's a good date. I have to tell you though, because I used to date so much- that I got so burned out on it because I wasn't making connections with anybody. And it was it just became a chore. It became a thing that I did not like doing. So I'm so glad I've really taken, I mean, I've really kind of taken the last year and a half off of dating. 
and like really tried to work on myself. Like I've like actually hired a dating coach, Kristen Sokol. Please go look her up. She's fantastic. She has a waiting list now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Um, but she's amazing. I also have started seeing an actual therapist because there's things about myself that I've wanted to work on. And I'm just like, I just feel better about myself and better about where I am than I ever have. But so it was funny because he's like, I better get a shout out. So shout out to Andrew for a fantastic date. Nice. It really That's was awesome. great. Um, so I'm assuming we're going to be engaged soon and be married and it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let him hear that. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, should we edit that? Or? No, no. So the funny part is like that has been our running joke through our conversations over text and stuff has been just us joking about like, let's just, just, let's just let's get married. Let's just do it. It's fine. So he understands that it's a joke. I'm not going to show up at his house in a wedding dress, except that would be really funny. So can I, can I do a shout out too? Yeah. I, you asked me about this on a text. Yes. Okay. So I think we all know Rob Foray. Of course. Oh yeah. Okay. So Rob Foray and I are on another podcast together called the Castle Collective. It's with Sean Rapier. We talk about Disney stuff. And after we had finished recording an episode, I think around Thanksgiving time, after we were done, we kind of have this little chat period where we were talking about different things. And he said, hey, I got to tell you, I was with my friend. Do you guys know Britton Cannon? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of okay. course. So he was, they were on a trip, like a road trip. And they were like, he goes, you have to listen to this cuffing episode <laughs> of, of Barbie Does Dating. And it turns out he's a huge fan of the show. Britain is? apparently oh, so funny that he listens to Sean Rapier's episode where he talks about that crazy girl. Oh, that was such a good episode. Um, he listens to that one on the regular. Really? But yeah. So he, uh -huh. he apparently uh -huh. listens to the show and he showed it to Rob Foray and they just had a great time listening to mm -hmm. it in the car. And so it kind of came full circle that, that the cuffing episode was actually rather well received <laughs> as weird as the word is. I listened to it last week. And just because I like to listen to our episodes after, and when you started bleeping the word cuffing, I thought I was going to cry. <laughs> I was laughing so uh. hard. And I was like, oh, that was so good. I have such funny friends. So, <laughs> oh, I love that Rob has listened to it. Oh, yeah. Rob listens to it. But yeah, Britain's definitely the one that is the super fan. So, well, shout out to Britain. We love that guy. So, there you go. Ladies, he's single, and he's Rob. very tall. <laughs> And Rob. Rob, who's been cuffed for a long time. He has. His wife is just a darling Lisa, thing. Right? Yeah. And <laughs> if you need a DJ, there are probably two G DJs that I would ever recommend. And Rob is number one because he actually gets Mormons dancing. <laughs> He's yeah. very skilled at it. It is it is very fun. Because normally you go to LDS wedding receptions, people are like, we want people to dance. And I'm like, good luck with that. That's not <laughs> happening. But he gets it to happen and everybody has fun. So go look up Rob Foray. We can put a little link for there him. There you go. So today I want to talk about money. So my friend Jill actually sent me a message and she was like, something interesting I want you guys to talk about on the podcast because she is also a super fan. Yes. Shout out to Jill. Um, vibes, of vibes of light. Vibes of light. She is an energy healer, but active LDS. So she's this awesome combination of like hippy dippy. <laughs> but I do. She is like our little hippy dippy friend that I always laugh because she's like, I believe the gospel is true. Also, rub essential oils on your body. And so <laughs> with she's a crystal. A, with a crystal. <laughs> <laughs> she does give the best massages 
ever. Um, so she messaged me and was like, you should talk about dating and money and how is it like in what way do a should guys show if they make a good living and maybe and girls too and at what point and how and it really got me thinking because we had a conversation going back and forth because she was like talking to a friend of hers who you you wouldn't necessarily know it to look at him but i think he makes a very good living i do not know details I've always looked at him and just assumed that he probably does well. That's really all I've ever thought because, and it's really not about physical things. Like, it's not like about material things. It's about the way he carries himself and stuff. I'm like, that dude probably does pretty well. But so she was talking to him and she was kind of like talking to him about like, well, you should do things that let girls know that you make more money. And he's like, well, do girls find that attractive? And she was like, well, heck yes. So she and I were talking about that though. And I said, but... In what way do girls find it attractive? Because it's all about the mindset. So we were talking about, she's like, well, me as a girl, automatically I look at that and I say, well, yes, because I want financial freedom and I want to be financially taken care of. Like she obviously makes her own good living, but to be with someone who also makes a good living would be fantastic. And I'm like, now that's interesting because when you first said that about like, what is it or when, like what would do girls find it attractive when a guy makes a lot of money? And I'm like, but for me, it's all about, like, I don't automatically think, like, my first thought is, oh, okay, but it's not because it's like, I want to be taken care of, I want to be spoiled. It was more of, oh, that means that we wouldn't have to struggle, we wouldn't have to, the only thing I can think of is, like, make excuses, and I'll come back to that in a minute. Okay. Okay, there's a, there's a reason behind it. And then she was talking to another girlfriend of ours. And she asked her the same question, and she said, well, I'm not particularly interested in guys that make a lot of money. In fact, it's a little bit of a turn off for her because she has found most guys that make money, they're very arrogant, they're very into material possessions, blah, 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 blah. Where for me, I've realized it's not as big of a deal. Like, it's initially I'm like, oh, but then the more I think about it, it's not actually a turn on for me. It's a, it's a, it's not a red flag, but it's, it's a caution sign because I have grown up in situations where the person does make a lot of money, but actually has nothing to show for it, actually has a lot of debt, actually spends their money very badly. So it was very interesting to me that it's like, oh, here are three very different women who have completely opposite thoughts when you simply say, how do you feel about this guy? He does well financially. And we each had very different thoughts. The other thought that I had was the person that she was talking about, I happen to know, and I told her, I said, well, I, because she said, you should buy a nicer car. You should wear w nicer watches. You should wear fancy stuff like that to let people know that you're financially well off. Ugh. And to me, <laughs> and that's what I kind of yeah, said. I yeah, I hate that stuff. It is. So, so that's a, something Jill and I talk about a lot because she loves a guy who dresses super, super well. And she loves these things where I am more drawn to like a blue collar guy, as I've talked about on many occasions. But I actually am very turned off by guys that are into material things. Like, you can have nice things, but as soon as you're like, it's a Rolex or you're about the name brands, it is the biggest turnoff in the world for me. I hate it. Can't stand it. The other thing is because so many people I have met that outwardly show that they have money don't actually have as much money as they're claiming to have. 
Okay. Where, you know, it's kind of like rappers that you see and they're like, I spent $800,000 on this chain. Cool. How much money do you have in your bank? Like $500. Yeah. Cause you spent $800,000 on a chain. So we were talking about, I'm like, it really comes down to like your value system. Are you somebody who's like, I want someone who makes a good deal of money because I want our house paid off. I want our cars paid off. I want us to have so much money in retirement so that we can have this. Or is it because you want this person to have a lot of money because you like to eat out fancy dinners all the time? You want to have a really big fancy house. You want to have a fancy car that you re that you get a new lease on every three years. Not saying any of these are bad or good, but I am saying that those mindsets are very, very different and they don't combine well long term. So mm. like, so that was my thought because she was this guy who I find very attractive. I think he's a very attractive guy, but conventionally he's shorter. He's bald. I love bald. So I'm kind of like, <laughs> I think he's a little haughty, but um, he's very intelligent. He's funny, but not in an overly annoying way. But I'm like, I told her, I said, my concern is if he starts to do anything flashy like that, he's going to attract the wrong women who want those things for the wrong reasons. Because I'm worried that they'll look at him and go, well, he's shorter and he's bald. So I guess as long as he has money, he'll be acceptable for me. You know, like that, as long as he can offer me that. Does that kind of make sense? I think so. Because I know women that very much want that. Like, okay, yeah. I need to be with a guy who has money. I need to be with a guy who spoils me. I think the money thing is always a security thing. Mm -hmm. And sure, I, I think there's nothing wrong with helping a girl feel secure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the idea of I ha I have to show off my Rolex, mm -hmm. et cetera, so forth. To me, that just says I'm heavily influenced by advertising. I'm not a free thinker. Mm. I'm eager to buy into whatever corporate America wants. And so yeah. for me, it's a huge turnoff if somebody's like, is that Balenciaga? Exactly. Or whatever. And is what? I've never, <laughs> never heard of that brand. Yeah, well, don't a... look into it now because you're going to find some gross stuff. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And yeah, it's a turnoff. It's off. a very expensive couture line. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I know it. That wow! Look, look at you. Look for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I watched well, Project I got Runway it from a, a, a Lizzo song when I asked. What. That is why it became so popular. Yeah, was this last year Balenciaga? So they're also known for last year they made the Crocs with the heel. Oh, okay. that are seven hundred dollars. And I know of them because we tried to get into their shows multiple times when I went to Paris. And I, every time I looked, I'm like, this stuff is stupid and ugly. But the editor really wanted me to go. And now, now with everything that's happening, I'm like, I will never, ever, ever support them ever. Anyways. Okay, there's a backstory there. We'll talk about that later. It's real yeah, bad. It's weird. Um, anyways, continue. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Money, I, I think it's okay to, to let people feel secure mm -hmm. or whatever, but... How to do that in the right way, I think, is just where your heart is. Yeah. If your focus is on doing it in a way to show people that you're very important, mm -hmm. then you've lost it. Yeah. Then I think I automatically am like, ah, ignore that guy. Yeah. Or ignore that girl. Uh, so Because their yeah. value system isn't going to line up with yours. I don't know if I would say that I looked at, a, uh, at my wife as someone – with dollar figures. Mm -hmm. um, I think at one point we kind of came to some consensus that she would work and she would make a living until we had kids and then mm -hmm. she would stop while she, we raised the kids and none of that worked out. 
um, because again, people aren't static and things change Mm -hmm. and your circumstances change, you know, pandemics happen or whatever, you know, you can't, you can't hold to certain values in every circumstance because you just don't know. And in the case of, you know, how, how much money does someone make? I, I think that's too fluid a concept and too many factors to determine if there's like a baseline amount or mm-hmm. whatever. But I think people's relationship to money can be very telling. And if your relationship to money is something that I acquire so that I can have power mm-hmm. or that I can control and influence, then I would be very curious to see why they feel so weak to begin with. Mm. I don't want to brag about this. But I used to record all sorts of local rappers mm-hmm. that seemed to come from Ethiopia. I don't know why that community kind of found me out, but these were the guys that did the flashing of the dollar bills mm-hmm. and all this, but they were literally dollar bills. Yes. So they would fan out like $50 worth of ones and they'd be uh-huh. like, look at how loaded I am. I'm like, that's $50. Mm-hmm. That's nothing. <laughs> And and so, but there was a sense of their personality was, I want to be big. Yeah. I want to be famous. And that's what the famous people do. So I'm going to play, I'm going to, you know, play house. I'm going to play, play rapper. Yeah. And I'm going to be that guy. And to me, I saw that as just be that guy, just be good mm-hmm. and people will like you. Yeah. They didn't like that or they didn't all have money. In fact, most of them sing about or rap about coming from the ghetto. Yeah. So nobody started there. Again, the idea is is I'm pretending to be that guy. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you see people that are flashy and they feel that they need to use their money to brag, then you're dealing with someone who's not actually a very strong character mm-hmm. to me. I, I don't mean to kind of get too spiritual or anything here, but Elder Gay in of the 70s, mm-hmm. the dude's worth like three or four billion. Mm-hmm. Loaded. Wow. You wouldn't tell that from seeing him, hearing him speak. He's incredibly humble and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Just an incredible man. And he has billions. Yeah. He doesn't need to flash it. So there is something about your relationship to money that is telling. So as you're dating someone, if they come to you and they're like, well, how much money do you make? I would honestly, this would be my approach. I'd say, why don't you ask that in a different way? Yeah. Why don't you ask how I, what my relationship to money is. Yeah. And it could very well be, I'd love to make more, but I make enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I can cover my bills and I can, I, I mean, my answer now is I could take care of my family and, yep. and we're doing fine. I'm not loaded. I'm not wealthy, but I could build a studio in my backyard. Mm-hmm. I could finance a studio <laughs> in my backyard. <laughs> um, but the, the reality still comes back to my relationship with money is that I want to have enough that my wife and kids are comfortable that they have opportunities in life, but I don't need so much of it that I have to keep escalating my life in order to get that next high yeah. of I've achieved the next level of house or car yeah. or whatever. And I ultimately want to feel in control of my own life. So I want enough money where I feel like I'm in control of my own life. That would be my answer if I was asked mm-hmm. that question. At some point, I think after you're engaged – then you can show bank accounts. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to see the person's bank account information before you're engaged. Um, I don't know that I would, but maybe right before engagement. See, to me, I would I would say that that's 
Let's commit to each other for the right reasons. But let me ex- let me explain to you why. For me, it wouldn't be, do you make enough? It would be, let me see. Okay, so speaking as someone who has always classically been very bad with money <laughs> until the last few years, I mean, I've had my car repossessed years ago. I have... I can't even tell you how many times my bank account was overdrawn. The amount I have spent in overdraft fees when I was younger is insane. (laughs) And so I understand that is a very much a mindset change. And so this is something I tell people all the time. And some people think I'm crazy. And some people are like, oh, that makes sense. Is I'm like, if I ever decide to get married to someone, we will sit down and we will run each other's criminal histories and we will run each other's and we will run each other's credit reports. Because <laughs> criminal but, history. <laughs> but let me tell you why. Because so there are a lot of people that do have a criminal history and it is in their past. Sure. But I would like to know because I want to be informed. I'm not saying I'm saying yes or no to anything, but I'm just saying I want to be informed. The other thing is people lie. I've been lied to. Like mm. people lie. I used to lie, not about criminal history or anything, but I want us to both sit down. And just look at those. But the main thing, fine, if they don't want to do a criminal history, whatever. But I care more about the credit history because, A, it's not for me. It's not about what's in your bank account right now. It is your value towards money and what are your patterns towards money. Well, do you have tons of stuff in collections? Mm-hmm. Do you? The other reason, and then I'll let you say something, Steve, is I know someone that got divorced And it wasn't until two years later they ran their credit report and they didn't know that their ex still had an open credit card in their name and had completely maxed it out and jacked their credit. And so that's why I'm like, we will go into this being very eyes wide open. It's also very different if you're 21, 22 getting married as opposed to 42. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's a completely different scenario. Um, What were you going to say? Well... I like the idea of, of of saying it's all about your relationship with money rather mm-hmm. than how much money you make. Um, I had a, a roommate that was super wealthy mm-hmm. and had to felt like he had to hide that. He didn't want people to know. Oh, I'm gonna. I, I'm dating a multimillionaire. Yep. And it's like that's so he had rules that were established by a, a dating coach that mm-hmm. said. If you go somewhere, you are not paying for her airplane ticket. She is an adult. She can mm-hmm. pay to go places. And and that's like how that broke down. And I thought that was interesting because then he was able to find out their true intent. Uh-huh. And so that speaks volumes to if someone is just interested in, you and interested in you because of money, it's possible that they might not want you back. Mm-hmm. And so if that's something that I think it goes both ways the person who is interested in the person who has lots of money, maybe that might not, you might not get from them Mm -hmm. what you truly want, which is if it's truly like feeling safe, feeling security, feeling love. Yeah. And you are pursuing them because of that wallet. Ultimately the, it's going to be an empty exchange. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to know who the person is that you're marrying. Mm -hmm. The bank account may be, a partial picture of what they claim to be uh, that relationship claims to be. But I think that there is, um, there is something that people in later years, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're single and getting married in their late thirties, forties, fifties, that 
there could be something to be said about the idea of you should have your crap together by now. Yeah. And I think at this point, that's a fair, a, a different, a much different question when you're younger than yeah. when you're older for most people. I mean, there could be, you know, wealthy kids of because course. they, you know, dot coms or whatever, mm -hmm. they, they might have their own money. But the reality is, is to me, if I was to marry someone that inherited a lot of money, that's a very different value yeah. than someone who earned it. And so looking at their bank account, I don't know how much of that really tells the story as much as it is a manifestation of what they've told you their relationship is mm -hmm. to money. And my 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 fear might be, you know, because you got people talking about prenuptial agreements and things like that when mm -hmm. they're older in life. Hey, you got your stuff, I got mine. And then what we make together, we'll keep in our own bank accounts, mm -hmm. but everything we keep separate. Okay, if that's what you guys agree to, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the reality is, is for me, I've always thought if we're in this together and forever, mm -hmm. then we need to eventually share our finances. Mm -hmm. So as much as I need to know who you are personally and want to match with that, you do need to know who they are financially yeah, because you are going to be sharing. And so- if they are claiming that they're going to be faithful and uh, have fidelity to you and your relationship, but they are late on every credit card payment they've ever had and their credit score is in the 500s, maybe there's, maybe there's some reason to question mm -hmm. whether or not they would be faithful to all their commitments. Yeah. I mean, it's, it may be a lot to say you're only going to be faithful to one commitment in life. And that's going to be the person you're married to. You have to practice that. You have to flex those muscles too. Mm -hmm. And so I can see, I mean, looking at someone's credit history, yeah, that's that seems so transactional to me. It's <laughs> it, not, it seems more like a job interview than, than dating, but I get me, it. For it's, me, it's not like I need to see. It's like we need to sit down and understand where we both are coming from right now. Because I don't want to, because I also know people that have gone into marriages and then found out they're $25,000 in credit card debt after the wedding. And I'm like, that's not fair to anybody. Like, How but, do you do it without without it seeming so transactional? How that's is there... the hard part, yeah. You know, I think it's also, and having this conversation with so many people about what my friend said, um, realizing that we all have very different relationships with money and it all stems from us growing up. Like, I loved my father to death. My father was a dentist. He went through bankruptcy twice by his own account, he never had money to his name. He was not good with money. So you can't just look at it and be like, well, he's like dating somebody. Oh, he's a dentist. That means he's going to be great and he's going to take care of us financially because I'm like, I've lived through that. That doesn't mean anything necessarily. Or, you know, just, there's so many different ways to look at it where I was talking to another friend of mine who was like, help me with my dating profile. So I asked her a bunch of different questions. And one of them was, um, what, do you care if he has a degree? And she was like, yes, he must at the very minimum have a bachelor's. And I was like, interesting. Hmm. And she's like, preferably a master's or a PhD. And I'm like, wow. talk to me about why. So she has a master's. And I'm like, okay, people that value that level of education, I get it. They want to be on that same level with somebody. I, I do understand that. As someone who is not a big, like, you must go to college person, I'm like, that's not something that matters to me. I've actually been rejected by a guy because I didn't, I've been rejected by more than one guy because I don't have a college degree. Hmm. And so because to them, it means something. And so I was <laughs> asking her. 
I, I laugh because to me it means nothing. Well, and that's the thing. But it's so like, you value it differently. That's because the point. we value it yeah, differently. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So when I was talking to my friend about this, I was like, tell me why. Tell me what it means to you. And she said, my grandmother always told me, make sure you marry somebody who can take care of you financially because I guess her grandmother, I can't remember. I don't think her grandfather died. I think he just wasn't a hard worker. And so they got divorced and that grandmother had to work like three jobs to support the kids and do all this. And so she's like, I need to make sure I'm with someone who can financially make sure we're taken care of, even though she works this great job, makes a good amount of money. But she's like, I need to know that financially I'm being taken care of. So in her brain, education means money. Where in my brain, I'm like, education doesn't mean crap. I grew up in a family that that was not the situation at all. Like, I can prove you wrong, but that's not the case. Like, so she she equates education with money and financial stability. I do not. But I'm like, okay, that's not saying yeah. it's right or wrong for anyone. But I thought, I just think it's fascinating. Yeah. And I, I shouldn't speak in absolutes uh, where mm -hmm. it means nothing. I, I do value education. Sure. But I've met so many people who haven't been educated that I go, uh, they're actually very smart. Yes. And they might even come in packages that is completely unanticipated. Or I've met some people that you might initially go, they're a little crazy, aren't you? Aren't they? <laughs> And it's like, they are, but they actually are very smart and they're mm -hmm. very compassionate and intelligent people. Yeah. Um, the, the, the money thing is so, it is so difficult because for some reason there's so many preconceived notions in that and we categorize things so mm -hmm. quickly. Like a credit report, it, it, it's one of those things where it feels like you're put into a box, yeah. but it's like, it doesn't necessarily mean, like where you yeah. talked about how you're like, I've had bad credit. Yeah. I've had that. But I know this because I know Barbie because she actually will help me with taxes. <laughs> <laughs> and and she's very good at it now. Thank you. And very like, and helped me be like, oh, that's how I'm going to, oh, now I'm going to use this and and this is my system now. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it can be difficult to feel put into a box uh, when maybe if you're looking at someone's credit report and you go, huh, that's not where it needs to be. Yeah. But it shows that, but if they have that relationship where they're like, I'm trying to figure this out or I'm, yeah, or whatever, like your dad being bankrupt mm -hmm. twice and my family going mm -hmm. through a bankruptcy. And it was, but just our bankruptcies like, were completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, and Yours so that's was different. No fault of their own. My father made horrible choices and put <laughs> his money in the hands of people he shouldn't have trusted. And it's like, it's like there. Even you can't even look at bankruptcy that way. Yeah, you can't. we hear these terms and we think, oh, you went through bankruptcy. I went. My family went through mm -hmm. bankruptcy, and it's like, but it, they were very different. Very different. Um, because yeah. people sometimes hear bankruptcy and they're like, oh, I could never be with you. Or to me, I'm like, there's many different circumstances. So like we all, and so that's the thing, like I know, because Nick, when I first mentioned the credit report, he's like, oh, like, why would you do that? And I'm like, but it's not because I want to sit down and put you in a box. Like you said, I used to be <laughs> the person who could not pay her bills. I was the person that had to short sale her house because like my condo that I had tw 15 years ago, like I ended up having to short sale it because I just couldn't afford it. And so it's like, I've been lower than you probably ever have. So I need to know where we're at. I just need to know where we're at and where your mindset is. The challenge I think is is showing that compassion and, mm -hmm. and letting them know that you are doing this out of compassion. Yeah. How do, how do you How do you do that? 
Yeah. And not just compassion either, but not for I'm finding ammo to no. to dump you on. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's where I think that the communication piece comes in. Because mm-hmm. if you just at some point were just like, I need to see your credit report. It'd be like, whoa. Yeah, that's weird. So, so obviously it helps to couch why you want certain things mm-hmm. with a meaning behind it. And I think that I, I'm still sticking to my, I would wait till I'm engaged to show my sure. bank statement. But I also think that that depends on my circumstances and who I'm with. Mm-hmm. If it's pretty clear that they're making more money than me, <laughs> you know, I might, I might think differently of it. But um, I, I don't like the idea of um, getting into a relationship mm-hmm. where one person feels that they are stepping up financially mm-hmm. or where maybe they're, they're stepping down or anything like that. And I think that there's a, a real risk where traditionally, mm-hmm. now this isn't always true, but traditionally there is this sense of a woman asking to see their bank statement or what they know what they make is a calculated step mm-hmm. to see how much they can use that yeah. in their own lives. So the value of the relationship becomes a monetary value. But there's also this sense of what can I, how, <laughs> this is going to not sound right. What can I get from that relationship, mm-hmm. which to the guy historically, again, in this example, how much is she going to burden me? Sure. You know, how much is she going to be a financial drain mm-hmm. on me? Um, and that obviously can go both ways, but that would be the fear for me and mm-hmm. in, in talking about credit histories and bank reports mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff before you've established that you are committing to each other. Oh, absolutely. And so like, that's something for me that it wouldn't be like a third date thing. It would be like, we are in love. I see a future with you. I want, let like, let's make sure we're on the same page. But like, I had a conversation with some friends the other night about prenups. And so many people I know are like, absolutely not. You should never go into that. And me and a couple of my friends that are self-employed were like, nah, I'd be down with a prenup. Sure, absolutely. Because I own a business. My friends all own their own businesses. And if we want to be, when I say protected, and somebody, a lot of people have the look of it as going into a marriage, expecting it to fail, where I don't feel like that's what it is. I feel like we just have safeguards just in case. I've worked really hard to build my business. If somehow something happens, I just want to make sure that part of me is safe. And I want to make sure you're safe, like that we all have this. I'm not saying we're not going to combine bank accounts or whatever, but like I at least would want documentation that if something happened, you can't touch my business. You can't claim my business. And again, watching many people go through divorce, watching my parents go through divorce, like it's just to me, it's more of going into it educated and open with eyes open in a loving way. Like I love you. I want the best for this. But if not, I want to make sure that we are not going to tear each other apart trying to get back at each other over whatever. Is anyone else wondering what Andrew might be thinking and hearing this? You know, it's kind of funny because <laughs> uh, yeah. I actually had the thought and I'm like. Andrew's going, this is what I have to look forward to. I okay, actually think he might. Fits. I think he might appreciate <laughs> my viewpoints, but I don't know that for sure. But again, I don't want to be with somebody who looks at my viewpoints and is like, you're wrong. I want to be with somebody who looks at it and goes, well, that actually makes sense. Like, because But it's, see, I think you need to be in a space where you can be. And it doesn't have to be one or the other. No. Like, you could be different, not wrong, Mm -hmm. than how he sees it. Absolutely. And at the same time, it doesn't mean that the opposite Mm -hmm. is going to be how he sees it either. Yeah. 
So that's that's one of those differentiation points that that you guys could work out. So you're already on your fifth date. I know, Andrew. And I hope this- you're really excited. <laughs> yeah. By the time we see each other again, like I'm gonna have the prenup written. And- <laughs> I'm kidding. What's I'm that kidding. Letter that says Experian on the outside. <laughs> this is how much I, you mean to me. You know what's so funny though is I'm just like I want people to go into being with me with open eyes too. Like maybe it's also because I've had so many bad experiences in the past of you know I have this open excited side of me and I have a depressed or quiet side. And as soon as they see that other side of me, they're out. And so maybe it's more also of me of like, before we 100%, like before we go to the temple, I need you to know that like, hey, I used to be really bad with money. Hey, I used to be inactive and lived a very different lifestyle. Like that made me who I am today though. And I'm very proud of who I am today. And so maybe that's one of the other reasons is, because it is also interesting because talking about this, I can see that most people would look at it as me going and wanting information about them, where in truth, it's actually more of me being like, I just need you to see this is me. It's both. You know, really, it's both. Because yeah. I was talking to somebody about work the other day, and they're like, you must make great money. And I'm like, well, do you? are you talking about before or after my expenses? And they're like, well, what <laughs> do you mean? And I'm like, yeah, I was looking at my, my like, the last year, it's it's been good. I've been very happy. And then I looked at the amount of money I took home after, like, the cost of doing markets and travel oh, yeah. and paying employees and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm poor. <laughs> it's like, I have yeah. no money. And so it's like, it's all about how you look at it, too. So, but I'm very much trying to have a very healthy relationship with money because growing up, I don't feel like we had that. Like, it wasn't something I understood, so, and again, if I was getting married at 20 years old, it wouldn't be anything. It'd be like, we both have $5. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So How there cute. you go. I, I hope Andrew's real excited and <laughs> I hope he actually wants to go on another date with me. Or come on the podcast. <laughs> we actually have talked about him coming on the podcast because he's divorced. And I'm like, I want some divorced people on the podcast. So. With kids? He has, he has a daughter. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we can grill him. <laughs> Can we get engaged next week first? Let's give it a minute. <laughs> you Let's need to be give officially cuffed. Yeah. <laughs> it will not be cuffed. Oh my gosh. That's just terrifying for that poor man. I'm going to be lucky to get a second date. Okay. Steve, do you have any other thoughts about money? No, no. I don't know. I'm figuring out how to make make Dude, more of it, but ain't not that the flash truth? it. Yeah. Yeah. So flash it if you want, but really sit down and figure out like what are your thoughts behind it? Are you flashing it because you need someone to like validate you that you have money? I don't know. Maybe I feel like everybody needs to read The Millionaire Next Door. <laughs> like most of the richest people in the country, you would literally have no idea have money at all. One of the richest guys I ever met drove a 20-year-old Subaru until that thing literally broke down on the side of the street because he's yeah, like, not? I'm not buying a new car. Anyways... Isn't that fun? Let's all go see therapists about money. (laughs) Yay. Okay, so if you guys have any ideas for podcasts, we always want ideas. Uh, You can send it to barbiedoesdating at gmail.com. Nick has gotten our social media back up and running. So we're going to be working on that. And we will have more episodes coming soon. Thanks so much, guys.